Good morning. Our scripture reading this morning comes from John chapter 1, verses 43 through 51. It can be found on page 887 in your church Bibles. My name is Lena Bating, and I am a longtime member of this church. Please follow along with me. The next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, follow me. Now Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, we have found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nathanael said to him, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, come and see. Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him and said of him, Behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom there is no deceit. Nathanael said to him, How do you know me? Jesus answered him, Before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Nathanael answered him, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. Jesus answered him, Because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree, do you believe? You will see greater things than these. And he said to him, Truly, truly, I say to you, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning. Let me add my welcome to those worshiping here in the Fellowship Hall and online. My name is Nathan Newman. I'm one of the assistant pastors. Uh, our senior pastor, James Forsyth, y'all remember him, the redhead, Scottish accent. He is uh, on sabbatical and will be back uh, mid-August. But thank you for your prayers, especially thank you for the postcards, many of the notes that you've written to encourage him. I feel like it's appropriate to reintroduce myself because there are many faces that I don't recognize. Uh, summer is a series of transitions in our city, especially for uh, those of our military members. Uh, as many of you know, I serve as a chaplain in the Air Force Reserve, and I just got back from a long summer of uh, duty. was at the Air Force Chaplain School for a time in Montgomery, Alabama. It was 99 degrees and 99% humidity. And then I uh, just got back from the Air Force Academy, uh, which was beautiful, 7,000 feet elevation in Colorado Springs, all the new basic cadets arriving for their basic training. Uh, I promise you, it was much better to be in Colorado than it was to be in Alabama in July, even being from Alabama, I can say that. <laughs> Uh, it was a long time uh, away from my family. I uh, just asked my wife, Jess, uh, who's my hero. Uh, and I have learned a lot from our military families in our community. It's appropriate as our marketplace servants this morning, just celebrating Independence Day uh, to honor and to love them. They, they teach us so much about what it means to dive deep into community because Time is short. They teach us about sacrifice 
uh, so many different things. And many of, of you in the military have been gone much longer than I was from my family. So we do thank you as a church for the years uh, of your lives, the years of your careers in which you have given up to, uh, to protect our precious freedoms. But a big question on my mind uh, was... How will Della know me when I get back? My daughter, she's 18 months old, so how will she know me when I return? And today, we actually pause and ask the same question of Jesus. How do you know me? It's a very personal question, and we're not afraid to find the answer, whatever it may be. So let's pray and ask that God would reveal to us and answer to us in his word and through his spirit. Let's pray together. Merciful and mighty Father, we come from many different places this morning, different seasons of life, different circumstances, even different places in our relationship with you. But we all need the same thing. We need to hear from you. We need our eyes opened. We need these voices inside us that would deceive us or distract us to be silenced by your spirit. Would you reveal yourself to your people this morning? We pray that you will create in us a heart and mind to listen to your word. These things we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. We're continuing this morning in our series, Ask Jesus, where we've been looking at different places in the Bible where questions are asked of Jesus. And if you're familiar with Christianity, John's gospel begins with one of the Bible's strongest claims of Jesus' divinity. That he is the very son of God. That's what John wrote his whole book about. All 21 chapters exist to show us the uniqueness of Jesus Christ. That he is the promised savior. And if that's true, if those claims are true, then it changes everything. About our lives, our relationships, our sufferings our shames, even our pleasures, our everything. And so we're opening up the first chapter of John's gospel and we're counting a few of the people who come to recognize, or at least begin to recognize, that there is something special about Jesus. If it helps you to have an outline or a roadmap of where we're going this morning, we're going to look at three points. The first is seeing, the second is being seen, and the third is what difference it makes in our life. So seeing, being seen, and then what difference does it make in our lives. So we we pick up in the story, if you're following along, in chapter 1, verse 43. This is the day after Jesus has called his first disciples. And there we meet a man named Nathaniel and his friend Philip, who himself had just become a follower of Jesus. 
And I imagine Philip is so excited to tell Nathanael this news about this promised Messiah that had come. He had important news to share, perhaps the most important news that he would ever share. And so Philip says to Nathanael with, with excitement, I think we've found him, this promised Messiah, you know, Joseph's son from Nazareth. He's the one that Moses and the prophets have been telling us about all along. And it tells us that Philip found Nathanael. We see that seeing leads to sharing. This is a pattern that we see over and over in John's gospel, that seeing leads to sharing. But there's a problem. Nathaniel, we see his response is, is humorous, and it's a little bit short-sighted, if we're being honest, even a little bit prejudiced. He says to Philip, can anything good come from Nazareth? Can anything good come from Nazareth? Because of prior experiences or cultural pressures or a whole host of other reasons, there are times when we have problems seeing things as they truly are. And there's something in the way of Nathaniel seeing Jesus. And it's funny to us, uh, if you read towards the end of John's book, John chapter 21 tells us that Nathaniel is from a little place called Cana, uh, a nowhere place that's pretty close uh, to this region of Nazareth himself. He almost misses the Messiah because of his own pride and his prejudice. And the same is true of, of us today. There are many who miss out on seeing Jesus for a whole host of reasons. I heard a story this week uh, about one of our members who lost a loved one. And early in their life, they lost a friend to cancer. God, how could this happen? My loved one who died, who suffered this terrible thing. So I don't even want to hear this gospel message. And so they never came themselves to understand who Jesus is as the suffering servant. But I love Philip's response to Nathaniel's biting comments. And if we're honest, that's what a lot of us fear when we share about Jesus to our friends, that they would make a critical comment, right? There's this dread that comes over us. And if we're being honest with ourselves, that's what keeps a lot of us from sharing about who he is and what he's done for us. But look at what Philip says in response to Nathaniel's criticism. I think Philip's response is quite simple, and it's instructive for us. What does he say? Look there. Uh, come and see. Come and see. He doesn't just argue with him. He invites his friend to see Jesus with his own eyes. He doesn't say, Nathaniel, it seems like you have some presuppositions that have led you to make a generalization about an entire town's population, and those presuppositions have created a false presupposition that leads to a false conclusion. No, that's, that's not what Philip says in response to Nathaniel's question. 
Listen, I, I love me some philosophizing, but when someone raises an objection and comes back with a critical response about your sharing Jesus, you need to know that it is perfectly acceptable and even good to do what Philip does and says here. He, he just says, come and see. Listen, I'm just asking you to read one of the Gospels for yourself. I'm just saying, come with me to church one time. Come and see for yourself. That's, that's all I can ask. And it is a good reminder to us about the power of an invitation. We don't ordinarily, uh, people don't ordinarily become Christians through apologetics or through arguments. Evangelism, sharing about who Jesus is, is usually most transformative when it comes from a genuine concern and love for another person. Just like we see here in the story of Philip and his friend Nathaniel. And this is where the narrative shifts uh, to our second point from seeing to being seen. From seeing to being seen. We can, I think, learn something from Nathaniel's example. One of the things that's clear, at least to me in my reading of this passage, is Nathaniel's humility. Because he is open to God. He's open to come along with his friend Philip. He's open to see, not just physically, but it seems spiritually as well. Even though we see that he is skeptical, he goes along with his friend to see Philip. And Jesus describes Nathanael in this way. You see it in verse 47. He's a true Israelite with whom there is no deceit. Maybe you've heard an old translation, with whom there's no guile, right? We don't have that word in our vocabulary anymore. Jesus is saying with Nathanael, what you see is what you get. And Nathanael is confused. He's confused by Jesus' response. He says, how do you know me? Uh, Jesus, I don't think we've met. I just came here to see what all this fuss is about. And that's when Jesus replies in, in verse 48. Oh, I know you. I saw you under the fig tree. Did you see what happened under the fig tree? Nope. No other scholar has either. We, we have true confessions. We have no idea what was happening under the fig tree with Nathaniel. We have no idea what Jesus was seeing, but whatever Jesus saw in Nathaniel there, his response is amazing. He's blown away by Jesus' answer, and he confesses, truly, you are the Son of God, our King. And again, Jesus' own identity is revealed here by his ability to see into Nathaniel's heart. We've sang it. We've confessed it. He sees our hearts. He loves us. He knows us. He knows our sin, and yet he loves us the same. And that is terrifying and awesome to Nathaniel. 
and to us, if we're being honest, as we connect the dots about these stories of old to this unassuming man from Nazareth. Jesus has seen into his heart and he sees into our very hearts. And that is enough at least to convince Nathaniel to follow Jesus. You are the one, Nathaniel says. You are the one. You are the king, our king. And I love it here. I imagine Jesus probably chuckling at Nathaniel's response. Because, because I said I saw you in the fig tree, you think that was impressive. You ain't seen nothing yet. You will see heaven opened and the angels ascending and descending on me. The angels of God ascending and descending on me. What an amazing picture. Pastor Tim Keller says about this verse, I'm not sure if there's any more remarkable statement any human being has ever made. Certainly there's nothing more remarkable said in the Bible. And those are strong words from one of our generation's greatest preachers about this text. Jesus is saying, I'm the one who gives you access to heaven. I'm your connection. That's why I came down in the very first place. You couldn't climb up Jacob's ladder on your own. I had to come down to you to give up my life for yours. I am that Lamb of God. I am the one who is fulfilling all that Moses and the prophets wrote. I'm going to be the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world once and for all. I'm taking on the penalty of your sin on my behalf. What an amazing statement. What an amazing truth of God's grace. And if that's true, then here are a few applications that I've been wrestling with as I looked into this passage this week. If God sees my heart and knows me and loves me the same, then how does that change the way that I understand who God is and what he's done for me? So the first point of, of application this morning is this. Sincere people have questions about the Bible. Sincere people have questions about the Bible. I think Nathaniel was sincere here when he is asking about where the Messiah came from. Maybe you're Nathaniel today, or maybe you're even Philip, and you still don't know the answer to Nathaniel's question. Our response is the same. Come and see. And so what does that mean here at our church, coming and seeing? It means join a community group. Sit in on one of our adult education classes. We truly, truly, verily, verily believe that grace changes everything in the context of community. When you bring your questions uh, in the context of community, that is where real life change happens. And we want to be that type of community as a church. Whatever your age, whatever your background, bring your sincere questions to Jesus. The truth is, Jesus will always know more about us than we know about him. But I promise you one thing. You will not be disappointed in your journey. It won't be dull 
getting to know this amazing Savior, Jesus. Ask and you will receive. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. Nathaniel's confrontation with Jesus answered the questions of his heart. He'd been seeking. Jesus saw him and met him in his seeking. And in his seeking, Jesus reveals to Nathaniel and to us that everything that we long for is already ours in him. Everything that you long for is already yours in me, Jesus says. You need only ask. So sincere people have questions about, about the Bible. The second point of application this morning is the uniqueness of Christianity is that God, the creator and sustainer of the universe, sees you and he invites you to have a personal relationship with him. Creator and sustainer of the world sees you and he invites you to have a personal relationship with him. He sees you and your sin and he still loves you. That is amazing grace. And Nathaniel had doubted that it could be true. Even brought his prejudices to the table. And our dark, our darkness and our doubts are also seen by Christ. And he sees us and he loves us the same. The one who sees you calls you to follow him. I grew up Baptist, so this was about the time where the organist would come up and start playing in the background softly as the preacher began his altar call. That is a sweet part of my story, responding to the gospel uh, in that way. That's not our tradition, don't worry. Uh, But I am going to pray in a moment. And if you want to join me in praying that prayer, maybe even for the first time, we would love to know that you prayed that prayer. Come talk to me after the service, one of our elders, one of our members of Board of Women. We would love to tell you more about what it means to follow Jesus, that he wants to have a personal relationship with you. Jesus sees us. He knows our sin, and he still promises to give us new life in him. Third and final uh, point of application The road to discipleship is usually through another person. The road to discipleship is usually through another person. So let me ask you a question. Can you think of someone right now who played a significant role in your coming to faith? If you're a Christian, can you name some people who played a big part of your coming to faith? Or are there perhaps people that you know who who you've not yet invited to church. Pray for one. This is the normal pattern of discipleship. It begins, it starts through another person. God uses us to bring our friends to Jesus and he'll take care of the rest. God uses us to bring our friends to Jesus, but I promise you, he will take care of the rest. Just invite them to come and see who this Jesus is. I've heard it said that if every Christian invited one person to church a year, then the world would be converted in less than 20 years. 
I know for us, we would be out of parking and we would have to plant another church quicker. And that is a good thing. God has used uh, seeing, leading, uh, to asking throughout the history of the church. John writes later in his gospel, I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. Only Jesus has the key to open heaven's gates. But he doesn't ask us to look skyward because he has come down. And so we look to him who has come down, who knows us inside and out. And in him, we will see and be satisfied. In him, we will see God and be satisfied. One of the best parts of uh, my summer military training was getting back. This is always the case, and it was fun to wake up Della for the very first time. Uh, She was literally in shock for about 15 minutes. She usually wakes up babbling, saying some words, but she didn't say a word for like 15 minutes. So I changed her diaper. She just like looked around. Seeing her was so wonderful, and even more wonderful than that was being seen by her after those few minutes warming out, warming up and reaching her hands out to me and saying, Dada, reaching out, being seen. How do you know me? He knows me because he sees me. And this one who has seen me died for me and he calls me to follow him in joyful obedience. And he does the same for you. And I want to be really clear about how you can respond to God right now. I'm going to pray in a moment. Invite you all to pray this prayer with me in the quietness of your heart. And if you pray this prayer and would like to join this family of faith, then we would invite you to come and share that with us. We'd love to tell you more about what it means to follow Jesus. We're learning along the way as well. So here's the prayer. Thank you for seeking me. I acknowledge that you are God's only son. I surrender to this claim. Grant me forgiveness, understanding, and life. Find me this day and make me yours and set me on a journey to find others so that they can be yours too. Would you pray with me? Jesus, thank you for seeking me. I acknowledge that you are the Son of God and Lord of my life. And I surrender to this claim. Would you grant me forgiveness, fresh sight, and new life. Find me this day and make me yours and help me to find others. I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.